Hello, Jay Gajpare, and welcome to This Is BAM, a podcast with, for, and about the lived experiences of Black and minority ethnic women and girls. Today, I'm speaking to Amina Malik. We've just recently reconnected after, I don't know, maybe 15 years or so. No, no. It's about 2020, at least. Has it really? Has it been that long? Okay, so Amina and I worked together when we were very young. Um, in detail, you know, part-time jobs, uh, working over the weekend. Causing havoc. Causing, causing havoc. havoc, perhaps, yes. I'm going off script ever so slightly, but uh, Amina, why don't you tell the listeners who you are, a little bit about yourself, and then let's get started. So I'm Amina Malik, um, live in London, always have done, born and brought up, done my schooling in London. Um what else can I say? I'm a mum of girls. I've been in the HR sector for nearly 20 years and it's been it's been very, very challenging. So I've had obviously I started off as, as a junior role and I've worked my way up. So now I'm an HR director and an HR consultant. I've obviously set up my own consultancy firm, which I'm kind of currently working on. Amina and I have had several conversations leading up to today and those several conversations have been in form of um, WhatsApp audio messages, lots (laughs) of text messages, a couple of phone calls and all of which has been about rearranging this particular moment of recording the episode. It has been utterly mad and it's been utterly mad because both of us are mothers both of us have jobs and work and we're also trying to do other things outside of our paid work and mm. uh, we're also still living in the this global pandemic um, in the UK we are still in lockdown and we've is this the third lockdown Amina is this the fourth lockdown I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, exactly. But we're in lockdown. <laughs> That's the point. But the thing is, if the, the the residential streets say otherwise, you know, the the supermarkets say otherwise. The, right, because of the number of people that are shopping. The local and cake shop says otherwise. The, the local cake shop. Yeah, I mean, you need cake to survive this uh, pandemic. Honestly, Absolutely. food has been my savior. I without it I don't know what I would have done anyway okay so we are finally here we're talking to each other uh, to record this episode and I'm really pleased that we've we've finally made it Amina you got in touch with me um, when I posted one of the episodes on LinkedIn yes your first uh, episode okay it was my first episode and I was very hesitant about doing this anyway um, because it's not perfect this podcast is by any means perfect technically uh, potentially also uh, journalistically not that excellent either but that's not the point things are ready sorry to cut you there but I think just people just do not want to talk about it it's the elephant in the room people just like we will talk about we've spoken about it many times before we we've kind of we're bringing this to to front of house let's say whereas you know we're, we're quite we just don't want to talk about it I've been through a lot of things which I'm which I'm in my career and I will share some of them but not all of them and I, I and I think it just needs to be addressed Absolutely. it's been going on for a long time and I think people are people have more courage to to talk about this now and do you um, think that that courage is because of the context that we're in currently not just the global pandemic but last year the the the, let's say the resurrection of um black lives matter movement that you know was sparked from us and came to the uk and we started to talk about things and then it's it's i think it's it's more about when the me too movement started so i'm muslim i'm i'm gonna put it out there i've always looked at i don't want to bring up the t word but when 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 that is mentioned it just makes me really angry because because I'm Muslim does that make me that no it doesn't no you know so I've I've had this feeling thoughts for a very very long time and I and I think we can't be tarnished with the same brush you've got fundamentals you've got people who are quite strict You, you know I'm in the middle I have a big belief in humanity and that's what I speak to my girls about 
you know, yes, we are Muslim, but at the same time, we are human. So one love, that's my belief. Sure. How, how has it been for you as a mother bringing up your daughters, as you say, um, and the way in which you're teaching them about your faith mm. in the context of living in Britain, where mm. I feel as though when I was a child growing up up north, the level of racism that I experienced firsthand and the level of racism that we see today, mm. you know, almost 30 years on, 30, 40 years on, Mm. Not much has changed. And we can see that through the way that um, people have been given permission to be to have these views and to openly share them in the context of us leaving us, the, 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 the Brits leaving the, the EU have allowed for racism to bubble up to the top where we can now see it. Yeah, yeah. Racism will always be there, even if it's hidden it will always be there i think it's definitely happening more so now because of all the social media channels that we have example being you and i we're from two different faiths if i go on to my and let's say we follow the same people hypothetically yeah how this funky algorithm works is the fact that yes we're into the same things and what have you but our feeds will be completely different because you're being targeted for certain things. I'm being targeted for certain things. We're both mothers, but even if you follow the same things, I will see things completely different to what you see them. I think that's not right because, again, that brainwashes people. And it kind of, you know, you get two camps of, of different sets of people who are, they believe the same thing, but then they don't believe the same thing. Do, do you know what I mean? So yeah. I just think it's it's just... it. <laughs> It is there. We're talking about it more so. You know, we've got obviously there's podcasts, there's social media, there's people are coming out, you know, and I think people coming out, you will kind of have people say, oh, I can relate to that. Oh, I remember that. Well, that happened to me. You know, hence why when you when you put your first episode out, I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. You know, Jay, I haven't spoken to Jay in many years. Let me just put a comment. And I think that's how we've kind of connected, especially with our off the record conversations that we things that we've spoken about. You know, I think we are on a same level, but I think you're very, very passionate about this. Coming from someone like me from an HR background, I've seen things very differently. Example being, I had a CEO that I reported into and we were looking for my predecessor to come on board and take my role over and um, there was two fantastic candidates one of them I absolutely loved she was a mother of two she was a mother of two and the CEO blatantly said I don't want to take her on board you know her one child is is eight years old there's going to be you know childcare commitments and what have you she won't be able to dedicate herself to the role I said you know this is not right but she went for the other candidate who she ended up realizing had a child after she was taken on board. So it depends on how honest you are. So that, that's a prime example that I can give you of, of a woman being discriminated within a workplace and the main CEO is a woman herself. So I've seen it from that side. I've seen it from the fact that you know, when I've, when I've worked with CEOs and directors, you know, how they've been towards me and their behaviour, how it's been towards me, you know, it's, 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 is it because I'm a person of, of colour or is it because I know my shit and you feel insecure? And I think more, so, it's a combination of both. Um, Absolutely. And, and it also, I, I'm, as you said that, I was reminded of instances where before we started recording this podcast, we <laughs> just joked about the fact that um, I I have never mentioned anywhere on social media. I'm not, I don't really have a presence anywhere on social media, but <laughs> anyway, um, I never mentioned uh, I was ever pregnant, I, that I had a baby, that my yeah. child is X years old, um, anything yeah. about his name, a photo, none of it is available on social media. And that has been, um, there's, there's, there's a number of reasons. Can I just say one of the main reasons is 
he has not, my, my child has not consented to being on social media until he, he is 18. Uh, you know, that's just how I feel. Like my child needs to consent. You look at it. I, I look at it completely different. So I've not put my girls out there for for the intention of I just don't need to put them out there yeah that too right like it's got nothing to do with anybody nobody needs to know anything about like that part of my life but also Mm. going back to your previous point I am also very mindful of the fact that if I do apply for jobs and somebody googles me and finds out that I have a child or children that that will then um, influence what they think about me and I don't want that influenced to, to, to influence their decision. At the same time, if somebody's going to be influenced by the fact that I do or do not have children to take me on for a job, do mm. I really want to be working with and for somebody who has prejudicial views on taking on mothers, for instance? That's another question in and of itself, but it's it's about protection, right? And then the other thing is, is that I've been in for job interviews where I've taken off my wedding band. I've done that. How sad is that? As women that we do that and men would not have to do that at all. And you've done you've done that and you're a HR person. So I guess that's the reason why you've done that. I I don't know why, but it's just subconsciously, you know, I I think I'd done it when I was younger. When I was younger, I'd done it. As I've obviously, and I don't even wear one anymore. I just it's been too long. You know, I I just I don't even know where it is, to be honest. Um, is that really bad? You, you, you know, it's just something that I, I I done when I was younger, and as I've as I've obviously got older, I'm not saying that that being a wife has taken second position. Well, maybe it has. You know, <laughs> that's maybe a whole other conversation. Has. Yeah, maybe it has. But you know, example being, I just finished my last HR contract. I'm not going to disclose the company. Absolutely brilliant one of the best organizations that I worked for because the training was spot on the flexibility was spot on my boss she was amazing and I think that all comes from the culture that they're trying to build or they've already built you know so they've really honed in on mental health they've really honed in on positive mindset it was an amazing company to, to work for it's a huge global organization they're doing they're doing great they're doing great and I obviously I was there for a short term but I felt as I was part of this 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 beautiful culture you know it's it's one of those where yes we were in a pandemic my my boss randomly just called me and said hey Mina just checking in that you're okay and I'm like wow you know I'm I'm a consultant I've never had a conversation like this I appreciate that you're having this call with me. Yes, I'm fine. You know, are you, how are you getting on with homeschooling, et cetera? I said, absolutely fine. So I think even having that check-in call with me made me even more motivated to do better. So I think that's really important. And I think organisations now are really buying into flexibility. Doesn't matter if you're male or female, non-binary, whatever you know they're all buying into this flexibility and I think what this pandemic has has taught us is that we can get things done even if we're not in the office yes we're not together but I think flexibility is key example being my last project sometimes I would obviously put the girls to bed and then I would log on at eight o'clock in the evening so then I know that my day in the morning the next morning will be clear so that was motivation, dedication from, from me because I had that buy-in and my manager was obviously, you know, really, really accommodating. So I, w- I will reciprocate that back to her. From my experience, it's, it's not just about mental health. It's also about what the organisation is changing within the organisation, mm. right? It's It's what can they do what what are the um the ways of working that they are willing to change and shift mm. and to bend and flex um to create that organizational doable. culture it's yeah absolutely doable. it's doable it's only doable if you have leadership and the willingness 
to be progressive, right? Like, I think there's a lot of, I mean, I'm in higher education and, and boy, is that, <laughs> it is a, a very old system of um, way of working and there is a little bit of flex, but not so much, you know? So it's, um, it's, it's a difficult situation to be in, but let's, as we're talking about HR, um, yeah. and I think in this current pandemic, there's a lot of people young women like you and me young um, um, <laughs> young or younger um you know looking for jobs um uh, seeking opportunities wanting to develop their careers whatever stage in their career they are at you are a hr professional what yeah. would you what kind of advice would you give you know i like i keep on saying to you i'm a mum of girls and i'm i am instilling growth mindset in my eldest daughter we talk about it every day and you know she knows that oh, she, what what's your method of. what's your method my How method at the moment it? my method at the moment is there is a song that we are listening to called head and heart um it's a popular song and if you watch the video my daughter who's six and a bit she observed it it's a fantastic video i recommend you watch it so you've got a video which is split into two one person and it, and it's so funny because it relates to the workplace so you've got an employee who's who's demotivated fixed mindset then you've got an employee that's doing really really well you know and that's growth mindset uh, that's growth mindset so my daughter pointed that out to me look mommy that is that what happens at your workplace you know I was like oh <laughs> not sure but she's obviously point she's observed that because we talk about growth mindset all the time. We talk about positive affirmations all the time. We talk about the fact that, well, hardly now, she doesn't really say it on a regular basis. There's been times when she was going through a period of, mommy, I can't do this, I can't do this. I'm like, yes, you can. If mommy wasn't here, how would you do it? Oh, this is how it would do it. So I'm breaking that that kind of, you know, I'm not wrapping her up in cotton wool. You know, I know she can do it. If she's not, if she's not able to do it, I know she'll figure out a way. And even if it's not the, even if she gets it incorrect, I will help her. So that that's something that that I've always worked on, um, for a long time. Yeah. You know, ever since it was, I think from from age two and a half to three. You know, I've always kind of like example. I'm sitting here in my so-called work office. I'm looking in front of me. And I've got a positive affirmation list in front of me right now, you know, positive words, because that is my mindset. You know, that is my mindset. And I need to keep on thinking big, not big as in career aspiration, not just think big. You know, I've got to think action. I've got to think knowledge. I've got to think, OK, I'm not going to get myself into a rut where I can't get out of because ultimately my daughters are looking at me. You know, like you're, you're role modeling and they're copying. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I'm, I'm doing my best. I'm really, really I'm trying to do my best, to be fair. What's one of the things that you can see on your affirmation list? It's funny because I actually put this up on my um, WhatsApp status yesterday. So uh -huh. I read it. So speak positive words into your life every single morning. Think big. Think healing. Think success. Think peace, think happiness, think growth mindset. Always start the day with positive energy because you deserve it. What would you advise? What are, what are the things that you would say to people who have been made redundant? Women like you and me that might be made redundant after 20 years in their career and don't know what to do. Lots of women are being made redundant compared to men. And we're going to see more and more of this as we head hopefully towards the end of the global pandemic and into a new normal. Everybody talks about normal. And I'm thinking, nah, it's not going to be normal. It's going to be a new normal. And mm. I, I would really like organizations and people alike to think of this as an opportunity to restructure the way that we work, the way that we are, the way that we live our lives. Some people will take that on board and some people won't. So what would you say from a HR perspective? You've just got to create or possess a positive mindset yes you're going to apply for jobs yes you're going to get rejected you know you will get rejected 
there's no doubt about it. And just don't let that get to you. Let it go. What I do is if I get a reject, rejection email within my inbox, I delete it because I don't need to refer back to that. Why do I need to refer back to that? Because that's going to get me down. So keep on going, keep on going, keep on going. Reach out to your network that you know of, start networking and learn. Learn something. You know, the time that you're trying to look for a job, you know, take one hour out and learn something, read about something, read about something new. And, and I think, you know, if there's something that you've always wanted to do, do it. Nothing is stopping you. You just go and do it. You know, there's, there's so much resource out there right now, honing on, into the right resources, get a mentor, a mentor that is really willing to help you get to where you want to get to. And I, and I think don't get yourself into a rut thinking, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do this, or I'm not going to find a job because what you're doing is you're putting that, that negativity out to the universe saying, I'm not going to get this job or I'm not good enough. And that, and the universe is bringing that back to you, you know? So I, I think you need to just remain positive. So, you know what, I will get a job and I will do this. And I think that that will kind of bring you abundance and affirmations of, of positivity into your life. I know it's, I know it's so easy for me to say, and, and I think it will be difficult for somebody to kind of, start this off but once you start it it becomes easy you know yeah. I'm again using using my daughter as an example I started with her at, at quite a young age we're at the point where she would kind of tell me things oh mommy this happened today and I helped so and so because I've instilled that in her you know so I think I think you just need to take control of your mindset and just be thankful for what you have around you yes you know we all need work and we all you know we all need to kind of survive but don't let work define you per se you know you are your own individual as well yes I love HR but and that's all I know but there's more to me than HR you know there's other things about me that that make me the person that I am how did you get into HR how did I get into HR? So I started off as a wonderful, wonderful recruitment consultant. <laughs> and I and I and I think I just kind of fell into HR because I'd, I'd like the other element of interaction, interacting with people and understanding their kind of work issues and understanding policies and procedures. And one thing you've got to bear in mind is, you know, policies are not gospel you know yes we have them but it's something that you should adhere to but then it's common sense you know policies are common sense um I, I think I just kind of fell into to HR um one thing I do have to say is when I was trying to break into HR again I had lots of rejections and the rejection that kept on coming back was Amina you've got recruitment experience but you don't have HR element experience, you don't understand ER, you don't understand what a TUPE is, you don't understand succession planning. And my answer to, to the company that gave me my first HR assistant role, and I remember her name was Karen, and she said the same question to me. And I got so fed up of, 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 of um, not being able to answer back. So I decided to answer back and I said, Karen, Yes, I don't have that experience, but I need you, not I need, I want you to take a chance on me and you will not regret it. And, and I think she was a little bit startled to say, wow, you're asked. I said, yes, I'm asking for this job because I do not have the experience and I will not let you down. So I had that courage. I was, you know, we're talking about over 15, 18 years ago and I got that job. So I think, I think you do not be afraid to ask, you know, especially at the end of an interview when somebody says, do you have any questions? Be bold, be ambitious. Don't ask questions around salary because these kind of questions we don't like. Um, but I, I would be, I, I would ask bold questions and there's, there's no harm. What are these questions that HR like to hear? I think they like hearing about, you know, what are the KPIs for this role? Can you describe a typical day? Can a typical date of this person coming on board? 
what are the what are the skill sets that you're looking for for this candidate coming on board? Um, do you think I have those skill sets? That's you a know, good question. I love, I love that question. You know, because you're kind of backed into the corner. Another question would be, um, where do you where who are your main competitors? Where do you see the company in five years' time? You know, for example, if if an, if I'm if I'm going for an HR position. One of my questions would always be, okay, are there any ER cases on the horizon at the moment? What projects, what key projects would I be involved in? Is there any succession planning? You know, where, what, is the, what is the five-year business plan? So those kind of questions, because that, that shows the person or the person taking your interview that they're actually really interested in our company and they want to kind of come on board. So those are the kind of questions I would ask for sure. HR do not want to, or people interviewing you on a panel do not want to hear you try to negotiate a salary before you've even got the job. <laughs> That's right. that, that, those conversations come afterwards. And I think what happens is the more senior you, you become in your role, those conversations, the interview is just a conversation and salary comes up within that anyway. So it's not something that you should kind of ask about. You know, because I, th I think when I've had that, it's kind of, it's kind of put me off. It's kind of not put me off the candidate, but it's like, okay, yes, we are going to pay you. That's not, that's not an issue, but I want to know you as a person. Talk to me. Are you actually genuinely interested in this company? Are you genuinely interested in this role? You know, so I, th I think those conversations come afterwards. Women are not that good at, in the workplace context, Mm. is negotiating their terms and conditions this is why i don't understand why i i think i probably know what it is it's the fact that you know you've been given a job and you just want to kind of sign on the dotted line you just want to start you don't want to kind of come across as being a problem before you've even started so i think it kind of comes from from fear possibly as well but and why are men better at it than women and why i mean a part a part of this problem is also the fact that there is a gender pay gap in the workplace That's across industries. That huh? is closing. It is, that, that, but the gap is quite massive if you look oh, at no. the financial industry. So obviously but this then, is... But mm. then, Jaya, you've got to look at the fact that there's a, there's a gender pay difference and there's also a difference between the superior white... The, the the asian person and the black person there's there's gaps in oh, that of course well. we're talking about that intersectional difference also you can absolutely do that analysis so in terms of kind of negotiating salaries then men just seem to be a lot better right reports show that you know um uh, when you look at a job advert for instance it's written in language and in a way that men will be like, ah, yeah, I can do 60%. I should apply for this job. I can do this job. And women would look at that job description and go, oh, I can only do 80% or 90% or can't possibly no, apply I would for this job. Apply. I would, like, I've mentored a few students in the past and I've said, very, some, I've said something very similar. For example, if you don't have all of the experience, but you've got, like, for example, LinkedIn will send me a job and saying, you've got, six skills out of the 10 I would still apply for that role you know how do you how do you how how what would you say to women then listening to put this? yourself out there put yourself out there is it as easy and as that what needs to happen before you do that like there's got to be you have to have the confidence and belief in yourself to say you know what I am capable of, of doing this role Right. Or I am capable of creating my own business. I am capable of creating my own side hustle. You've got to have that belief and that confidence. Because if you don't, nobody else will. Right. Where did it come from for you then? I think it's come from the fact that, I'm going to go a bit deep now. I lost my father at a very young age. And I was supposed to go to university out of London. I didn't end up doing that so I stayed in London and I think I had to grow up very quickly I had to grow up very quickly um, in a short space of time and I think another time would be oh god I was in a marriage which um, was not the best marriage didn't last very long 
And I promised myself I'm never, ever going to be in that position again, i.e. position of not weakness per se. It was more so, yes, I tried to make that marriage work, but it just wasn't connecting. It just wasn't happening. And I thought to myself, I'm never, marriage is not supposed to be this difficult. Yes, we all have our ups and downs, but it's not supposed to be, this is toxic. You know, so I promised myself I'm never going to get myself into any toxic relationship. I be it marriage, be it relationship, be it friendships, be it family. I'm going to not be part of it. And I think when that happened, I came back, I came back strong. Oh my God. I came back so strong and I've carried that through. You know, I look at my girls and I want them to be strong. They are my, they are warriors. You know, they are, will be, you know, they are warriors, you know? So I, and no disrespect to, to what I'm going to say. We don't do princesses in this house. We don't do pinks. We don't do that. You know, we do blues and greens and, you know, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. Thank you for sharing. Um, no, no, no problem. That was a lot. And uh, it, it that required a lot of bravery on your part. Absolutely. And vulnerability too. And it really does make sense, you know, kind of it's the pathway to understanding where you are at and, and, and your and your and your approach to life be it for yourself but also as a mother as well um it really makes sense you know all the different events that have happened in your life yeah. uh, your lived experiences have paved the way for what you are today don't get me wrong you know there are days where they're really shit days you know i'm not going to say oh my god every day is wonderful <laughs> hours and sunshine i'm not i'm not saying that but there are days where you know i'm homeschooling at the moment you know and we're in a pandemic, we're in a lockdown. Yes, it's been difficult, but what keeps me going is the fact that we are fit, we are well, we have a roof over our head, we've got food on the table. The general day-to-day, not even luxuries, the general day-to-day necessities. And that's what, I, that's what I keep at the back of my mind. Don't get me wrong, there's been times when I've screamed at the girls, literally like, you know, they're driving me mad. But I've got to just, pick myself up and, and keep on going because you know what? No one else is going to do it for me. I have to do it. I am in control of my own emotion, my own feelings, and I have to take control. How do you forgive yourself when you do lose your shit? Because I think a lot of people, particularly now with the pandemic and the context of that, um, mothers mm. like you and I, um, you know, the kids are always at home and you're trying to multitask and multitask is really bad for the brain. Shouldn't do mm. it. Um, but we are, you know, uh, day in, day out, it's like that. And we are losing our shit sometimes. And then we feel bad about it. And that becomes this kind of evil cycle of losing your shit, feeling bad about it, and then tripping up and losing your shit again. And I come from an Asian background and any Asian people kind of listening in now, you would know that getting beaten was part of growing up, you know, (laughs) you know, any Asian, every Asian household has a flip flop in their house that <laughs> that they will get hit with you know I remember that because it, it used to make me laugh my mum would literally throw the slipper down the down the stairs and I'd be like mum you missed and then the other one would come down that is that is how we've kind of grown up you know I'm not saying that I you know I I hit my children I don't <laughs> but that was a different mindset you know my parents had a completely different mindset to to where we are now Example being, if I shout at my children, it's okay. If my husband shouts at my, I go mad. Don't shout at my children. You know, you can't do that. If my mum shouts at my my girls, I get upset. Mum, don't do that. But what gives me the right to shout? Is it because I'm their mum and I'm allowed to? No, I'm not allowed to do that. But like I said, you would not be normal if you didn't lose it. You know, how because that can sometimes be a coping mechanism, which means you shout, they behave, and then and it's okay. But then what how I forgive myself is I apologize. I apologize, you know, I bring some Harry Bow out of the cupboard and say, here you go. But I think to myself, I would apologize to myself and think, you know what, that's not right. And you know, 
let's just keep on going. It's not right and I won't do it again, but it happens again. You know, because it's one of those things where you're trying to work from home, then you've got, you know, a child that needs attention, but you can't give them attention. And then they just, then they, they, then they become annoyed and then you become, it's a bit of a frustration game, isn't it? It absolutely and I, and I, is, yeah. And, 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 and also and I, what I found is that shouting doesn't actually lead to, to anything great. Like you don't get what you want. It's more that shouting is a release of stress almost because it's this. <laughs> <laughs> and actually what would be a better release of stress is just going around the block for a jog really quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I, I, and I think you've got to, you have to, you know, my, my mantra at the moment is be kind, you know, and I've always said this, not at the moment, I've always said, you know, be kind, throw kindness around like confetti, you know, just, be kind and I think nice you know when you are kind you see a difference I definitely see a difference like you know my youngest will come and sit my lap oh mommy I love you so much and he's like oh my god I'm so sorry I'm so and I'm like kissing her like crazy that I'm so sorry but it's just a bit of give and take you know everyone's got coping mechanisms and 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 that's mine and eat cake definitely (laughs) definitely eat cake cake is is a big thing in this house are you a baker or are you no, 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 <laughs> baking. I can't bake to save my life, but I will go and buy cake Lovely. is a big thing. When we first talked, uh, mm. I feel like it was on text messaging or something. And we, and I said to you that there was a moment in around 2000 and around 2010, 11, where I really considered changing my name on job applications oh, and, God, yeah. <laughs> and, and you had said something similar as well and, and we just bonded over that, yeah, we that did. fact we because did. our names are you know ethnic names so <laughs> and and getting through and past the door of gatekeepers which are usually HR people whatever the methodology of sifting through applications is in various organization industry whatever um Mm. it's usually hr that manage that initial process and i'd always felt that my name was part of the problem in me getting through that the hr system Mm. essentially i never did it in the end i'm going to be absolutely honest in the beginning of my career, um, I did change my name on my CV and I put my name as Amy, A-M-I. So you spell my name A-M-I-N-A and I put down A-M-I. And I remember I got an interview under that brand per se, Amy Malik, and I went for the interview and it was a very, can I use the term typical Englishman? Can I use that? Um, it's very typical Englishman, you know, hot shot in the city. So, so I had his number two counterpart in the room with me already. And then obviously the main guy came in afterwards. He looked at me and said, Amy. And I was like, yes, Amy. I was like, he was actually surprised to see somebody like me sitting there. Um, in the end, you know, I got the job, but I will always remember that because he was quite set back, astonished. He wasn't expecting to see somebody like me sitting there. Um, any other experiences? No, there hasn't been any other experiences. There are some people that do call me Amy and I don't have an issue with that. I don't have a problem with that. You know, and and there's been times where, which I find this very odd, um, where some people can't even pronounce my name correctly. And I'm like, my name is so easy. It's not Amina, it's Amina. Not Am- and it's like, come on, I don't have an H in my name. So I'm like, just call me Amy, it's fine. And, I, and, I don't, and I'm okay with that, you know? So, I, and I think that's been my only experience when I've had an interview under the brand Amy. And I haven't changed my name again for, and I don't think I want to, I don't think I need to, because I'm at the point where I'm senior in my, in my field and, and I don't need to. So let's talk about your company now. You've set up a consultancy and 
this was yes. like I think it was in February you messaged me and you went I've done it look and you see <laughs> <laughs> and I was like okay now we definitely need to do this podcast because I want to talk about that about how you've done it what have you learned so far what do you want this company to 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 be like in the future like, oh. what's your five-year plan for this my five-year plan want to run it Wow, I haven't even done my 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 deck on that yet. Um, and and I, the reason why I've done it is because I've been a consultant for a very long time. Why did HR. you go down that road, by the way, of consultancy? I tell you why is because I enjoy. Go, I I really enjoy HR project work. I really enjoy going into different organisations and working with a diverse people I really enjoy that and I and I learn and I love learning from senior people and I think the best way for me to do that was to become a consultant and I I've absolutely loved it I've loved it um and I think why I've done that as well is because it fits in well with my flexibility at home you know I'm able to you know not work five days a week if I don't need to I can you know when the school's open I'll be able to you know, drop the girls to school, what, what have you. So I think it worked well for my, for, 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 for me being a mum. I've been, me- and then moving on to the next part, I've been meaning to set up. So I've been a consultant for what? <sighs> Eight years now, I think. And it just made sense for me to set up my own consultancy. It's been a long time coming. I set it up. And how did I do it? How did I do the content of the website? Oh my God. So the girls would go to bed. I would sit on the laptop for at least four hours, just doing my content, you know, getting getting my images, you know, correcting the text, getting my my icons, doing my logo, changing my brand, changing my my company name. I I done everything myself and I and I just feel that I'm really proud the fact that I was able to do it myself even though that's not my forte and I think you can you can learn if you are willing to learn something new just put your heart and soul into it and your passion and and you'll get it done you know I wanted things done a certain way I wanted a certain color I looked into branding you know I looked into kind of color therapy what each color means so I kind of ended up going with with blue as my bullet points why because blue shows trust and transparency that's the kind of you know understanding behind that color and I went for the corporate color of black and white you know so I'm, I'm really happy with um, the outcome and it's just about me putting myself out there to to existing clients to new clients to people that want to buy into me and trust me um, Five-year plan is to to grow, is to grow, is to grow, is to grow, is to grow, and 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 to be successful. What are you offering in your consultancy? I support startups and smaller medium-sized businesses. Everything that I do is focused around positivity. So I, I foster positive relationships. I provide quality HR advice. I help clients understand their actual risk in tricky situations rather than perceive risk as they're two different things. Um, and I take the time to get to know my clients and the business. And I dedicate myself through providing realistic timeframes, timescales. So that's how we work relationship-wise. What I do is my main motto is I would be your human capital partner that's my slogan and I just want I just want your business's HR to run as efficient efficiently and as smooth as possible so anything that comes up HR related that could be um, policies procedures culture and change succession planning employee engagement onboarding benefits literally the whole spectrum you know, if there's, if there's, obviously the negative side of HR is redundancies. So again, everything HR related, I'm able to do. You know, I'm able to kind of 
come in and literally execute what needs to be done. So that's my business as a whole. So there's a lot of recruitment around diversity and inclusion and equality, um, whether it be building teams within organizations, because I'm seeing these jobs pop up on LinkedIn, um, or whether it's a manager or whatever, whatever organizations are doing. How authentic is it to recruit these uh, recruit for these roles? Are organizations genuinely ready to disrupt and restructure their organizations so that diversity is, you know, front, center and end of the organization? Because what I have seen is there is diversity within assistant and associate and officer and perhaps first manager positions. But anything above that, that's where the diversity really ends. You yes. might find one or two people, but... Um, so this is the thing now. I think companies are ready, but they're not ready, if that makes sense. It depends on the industry as well. I think they need to be more open, more transparent, more honest, because let's face it, the more senior, senior you become, the more money you need to be paid. And realistically, if you're opening yourself up out to diversity, you need to trust a person of colour will take this role and will do it to the best of their ability. There's been times when I've been in a meeting with the partners of the business, with the global heads, etc. And I have um, raised a point, I don't know, I've raised a point about contracts, let's say. And it's been dismissed. But then when we've had a call with a different set of people and my MD, who was white, raised exactly the same point, it got heard. So you're talking about invisibility, depending on who's speaking. To be honest, Joe, that really pissed me off. Yeah. And it really annoyed me because HR was not your remit. HR was my remit. It was my area. And... It just got completely dismissed. Yes, I was in a senior role. Why am I doing that role and you're not listening to what I'm saying? And you so know, this comes back to that point that you made about trust. People at the top who are often white men. Men or women, it doesn't matter. I worked for an Indian company, yeah? Consultancy mm. house, right? And my MD, Global Head, was white, based in the US, yeah? She blatantly said to me, I love what you're doing, carry on, because I don't understand UK HR is your, your thing to do, right? You do it, yeah? So every time it came for her to talk about UK, she would always give it to me. I trust you and, and you go ahead. Do you understand? So it all depends on what your relationship is like, what job you're doing, and if that person actually trusts you. Diversity is here. You know, companies are looking to be diverse and, you know, they're buying into this whole diversity and inclusion which is absolutely great but there's a lot of work that needs to be done there's a lot of work that needs to be done for example if you've got three levels of management one two three level one will be diverse level two will be diverse level three will be less diverse I've seen a lot of that and I think in order for that to change you know the people at the top need to be open, transparent, and trust anybody coming in, anybody coming in to that to that role, that they will be able to do that role. They've got to be open. You have to be open because that's how you will succeed. But also, I think there's another element to this as well, isn't there, that those people in positions of power need to step down and make way for diversity. Um, there's a lot of people that are holding on to to positions of power. So you've started your own consultancy, you have your daughters, you know, you're juggling a lot of different balls um, and you've started your consultancy in the pandemic, in lockdown. So as you described, you set that up in the wee late hours of the night when people are asleep. Literally, literally. (laughs) How do you do self-care? How do you keep sane? So my husband's great. We take turns in looking after the girls. And I think that's really important, having a supportive partner 
is, you know, you're able to do your own self-care. You, I, you need to have your time out. If, I, if, if my husband and I did not kind of share the responsibility of our children, I think one of us would have just walked out by now. You right, know, so I, tag teaming. Yeah, you have to tag team. You've got to be supportive of each other. You know, if he's like, I've got to pop out of half an hour, make it two hours, hour, what, do what you need to do. Likewise, the same for me. You know, I, I need my own sanity. I can't be mum the whole day. I can't do it. I'm being honest. I cannot do it because physically I, I, I've just got to balance what needs to be done. Yes, my family is important. Yes, my work is important. But in what priority, every day differs. Do you have a ritual for your self-care? My me time begins at 10 o'clock at night. So that's when I will kind of, you know, we will kind of sit down put on Netflix what have you that is my kind of self-care but during the day without fail I will make sure that I'm able to kind of sit down I don't have a certain time but there is a point in the day where I'll need to sit down and just just read something that is my my time yeah yeah one book that has changed your life I've got a few and I kind of um refer back to them whenever I need to if that okay makes sense. I love those kinds of books yeah so one would be the secret I know that's a bit of an old book but I think when I first read that book it really I was already thinking positive anyway and I think that just kind of affirmed my thought process that hey great you know what I'm thinking and what I'm doing is is already in a book so the secret is definitely one um another one would be um it's an Islamic book called don't be sad um again that's a bit of a another reference point book that I will kind of go back to as of when and my last and final book um, especially because I've set up my own consultancy would be um, how to win friends and influence people and that's something that I'm going to refer back to when I'm trying to obviously find new clients and what have you so that's my my choice of books. Amina thank you so much for being part of this project Thank you for listening to this episode of This Is Bam. And thank you, thank, guys. <laughs> thank you to Amina Malik for being raw and honest about the good, bad and ugly. Please share and subscribe to This Is Bam wherever you find your podcast to automatically receive more episodes. And there we are. <laughs> We're done. <laughs>